in 2006, I taught through uh, Totally Saved by Tony Evans and was thoroughly enthralled with the concept of looking at salvation by individual components and uh, have thought ever since then that I didn't cover enough, that there were more pieces that we just kind of left untouched. And for, what is that, seven years, I've been thinking about doing this series, and today is the last week in this series, and I'm excited about that. So, started in 2006, and so this is really a long series for me, if you think about it, I guess. But, uh, but anyway, if you got your handout, uh, the first blank is Ordo Salutis, is the order of salvation. And I've tried, as we've gone through this, not to be really dogmatic about specific, you know, instantaneous, this happens a millisecond before this. I mean, it's just, we're good enough. It's, it's in the ballpark in this space, so... Um, my focus is I've tried to focus on how big God is and how much he loves us and is loving us and, and will continue to love us and all those sorts of things. So today is the very last lesson. Um, in uh, October, we looked at all the stuff that happens before the moment of salvation. In November, the things at the moment of salvation. And then in December, the stuff after the moment of salvation. So today, the last word is glorification. Um, and this is God perfects. God perfects, if you've got your hand out there. And glorification is God's physical and spiritual perfecting and glorifying of the believer in order to glorify himself. So this is a um, make us right and whole and perfect and complete so that we then can rightly and wholly and perfectly and completely glorify him as we were designed to be able to do. Um, This is not about us being perfect For our sakes, this is about us being perfect to reflect the glory that God is due. So does that that make sense? Sometimes I think this concept is taught with a very me-centric approach from glorification. We'll be perfect, and it'll all be right, and yes, everything is the way it should be. Yes, for God's glory, not for ours. So there's there's obviously a benefit for us, but it's, it's distinctly for God's glory. Um, this concept exists in the Old Testament, Psalm seventy-three, twenty-four. on your handout. Uh, you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Uh, in Daniel 12, 3, this is actually uh, paraphrased in the New Testament as well. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So there's this, this concept of uh, making things right out into the future. And then it, then it gets into a lot of detail in the New Testament uh, specifically these next three verses, Romans 8, 17, 30, and then 2 Thessalonians 1, 12. Uh, Romans 8, 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Then he goes a couple of verses later and he says, Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these also justified, and whom he justified, those he also glorified. Um, and if, if you look at the tense there, that's the, it's a past tense in English, but I think I talked about this last week a little bit. That's the, uh, the preterist tense in Greek, which is, means you, you're so confident that this event is going to happen in the future, you talk about it as if it's already happened. So it's a, it's a complete and total certainty. Um, the idea is that if I, I, I would talk about this, that say the, um, the pencil fell. So if, if I drop it, the pencil's going to fall, right? Well, we have tenses in English that we can describe this, but if I drop it, the pencil's going to fall. I mean, is, is there any doubt in anybody's mind that the pencil's going to fall? Now, now I'm going to leave you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is a pen, isn't it? Yes, that is, that is fantastically, wonderfully wrong that I said, wasn't it? That's, that's awesome. The pen, 
fell. Yes, there it is. Unless I trip over the pen, um, I'm going to pick it up. So that one's dirty, so just heads up. Cool. Um, there's a hope associated with glory as well. Uh, Romans 5.2 and Colossians 1.27, this talks about uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory, um, the hope and the glory of God. <clears throat> and when Jesus comes back, it will be glorious, and so will we. Um, and, and one of the things I think that we, we forget sometimes is the connectedness of all things. And that this story that began so long ago is going to get wrapped up <clears throat> perfectly. It's going to get tied up, and everything is going to be completed. It's not going to be these straggling, well, well, how does this fit, and how does that? It's all going to fit together. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful concept, I think. Ephesians 5.27 <clears throat> Excuse me. That he might present her to himself, this is Jesus, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And if, if anybody thinks that the church right now is holy and without blemish and without spot or without wrinkle, <laughs> I mean, it's laughable, right? I mean, just look at your clothing, right? It's wrinkled. Yep, I got wrinkles right there. Not without spot, not without wrinkle. Uh, and you think about that from a moral perspective, think about that from a physical perspective from our bodies. I mean, as I'm saying the words, in walks someone with a cane, right? We are not fully, completely healed yet. And we've been praying for you. And it is so good to have you back today. Um, so not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be called holy and without blemish. And that'll be a glorious thing, right? I mean, that's going to be fantastic. In Philippians 3, 20 and 21, for our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. So, so somehow or another, this body gets better in a glorified state in the future. Now, my, uh, my theological explanation of that, um, I would have to probably borrow it from, uh, who's the guy with the uh, microphone stands, and then you get to the point, Jimmy DeYoung, yes, there you go. That's my best Jimmy DeYoung impression. At some point, the microphone stands will all happen. If this happens a couple years later, something else happens, we're glorified. The order of all of this, okay. We can argue and fight and fuss and write blog articles about each other all we want in different denominations. The reality is it's going to happen like it's going to happen. Um, whoever's right is God. That's who's right. He knows, and it'll be okay. And it'll happen the right way. So, you know, I, I just I don't want to get too hung up in how all of that happens. If you Google glorification, um, a lot of the articles that you read will be arguments over the specific order in which these things happen, uh, it's going to happen, right? I'm going to focus on the back side of this entire story. So, uh, The glorified state will last forever. Um, this is not something that everybody believes. This is, this is not a uh, completely uh, common uh, theology in all of uh, Christianity. 1 Peter 5.10, but, but may the God of all grace who called us uh, to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Um, how many of you have moved from one house to another house in your lives? Anybody done this? Yes. How many of you enjoy the moving process, the packing, 
the shoving things in a truck, the borrowing and begging friends to come over and assist, the unpacking for years, um, the boxes that just never seem, you enjoy this process? Anybody enjoy being unsettled? This is one of the most hopeful verses in the entire New Testament for me, that after you have suffered a while, it's this earth, he's going to perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. There will be a settled feeling and state in heaven. And this is nice, right? It won't be moving around constantly. We'll be home. And it's just a beautiful thought, right? Um, I tell the story every once in a while. Uh, the blizzard that we had, blizzard probably the too strong of a word for those of you that grew up north. Um, <clears throat> the three inches of snow and ice that we had a few years ago, um, I did not leave work when my boss told me to leave work and ended up getting uh, stuck on Hickson Pike in my truck, which if I have a black 77 Ford F100 with nothing in the bed. It's not designed to drive on icy roads. It's just not very good. And uh, I slid off the road a little bit on uh, Hickson Pike and, okay, I'm on Hickson Pike and a couple miles from the house. Let's walk home. Here we go. And uh, so I'm, I'm getting my stuff kind of gathered together, and I, I bowed my head, and I was like, oh, God, you, you got to keep me safe here because, you know, I have no sense of direction. I'll probably get lost walking home. Um, and, and any safety that you could give me would be great, too. And, oh, by the way, if you could get me some help, that'd be wonderful. And I, I raised my head up, and I, I looked, and there's this guy lumbering with, like, a t literally a towel wrapped around his head and a big black overcoat, and he's maybe from me to Amy. And I'm like... Uh, let me revise that. Lord, that wasn't exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. And he gets to be about right here, and he's looking. And he rips this towel off his head, and it's Brent Bass. <clears throat> <laughs> he had gotten stuck on the side of the road about a half mile down the road. And uh, so we walked together up Hickson Pike, and we walked maybe, I don't know, half a mile. And, uh, you know, I'm in dress clothes and dress shoes and all this, and, you know, so your shoes are wet, your socks are wet slugging through ice and snow and uh, this soccer mom pulls over and she's got this big uh, van minivan and she said hey you guys need a ride and she's by herself and she invites a dude with a towel wrapped around his head <laughs> <laughs> and me who has an umbrella because it's snowing so hard I've got an umbrella in my black bag you know it's just it was just it, it may have been one of these actually that's hilarious in fact yeah, yeah it's, it's just I cannot imagine what we looked like. And, uh, yeah, that's great. And I tried to talk her out of it, you know. And she's like, you good about that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So she runs us over, and we go down to Brent's house and get into Brent's house. And he drives me then uh, to my home. And I'll never forget coming around the corner <clears throat> and uh, seeing the house. And like, okay, because we're, we're freezing cold at this point. I mean, it is just very, very chilly. And I open the door. And my wife is fond of candles in our home. Um, and she was making beef stew that day. So the house smelled like beef stew. The warmth literally hit me when we opened the door. And it was this, oh, I'm home. And I literally just kind of fell in. And she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. This is wonderful. And she's like, you're soaking wet. I was like, well, I've been in snow. You know, this is, so, but it was home. And I'll never forget that. That feeling of, yep, this is right. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. 
Um, and, and I can't wait for that feeling for all of eternity when we are settled where we are supposed to be. So this is a, 1 Peter 5.10 for me is just a phenomenally hopeful verse. Um, I borrowed some of the structure of today's lesson from Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology. Um, if I ever write a book, make sure the name is not that long because that's way too long. Um, Baker rambles a tremendous amount in most of, it, most of his articles. This one, he was very concise uh, and very helpful. So the blank here is God, prepare, God both prepares us for glory and prepares glory for us. Um, I like the way he worded this. It's, it's, a, it's a, a dual function that God provides. Romans 9.23, that he, God, might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, that's us, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. So he knew what our um, end state would be. Uh, Cademan's Call, one of my favorite uh, uh, bands that I like to listen to, they have one of this, their songs says, uh, He knew me before I fell dead in the garden, and he knew the plans, um, how this would turn out. And he, he, and he can't plan the ends uh, without planning the means. But he, he knew me before I fell dead in the garden. And the reality is, before I was even born, I was a dead man. That's just the way that works. Um, but he knew that. He knew the end plan as well. He is, his knowledge is far surpasses. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.9, But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Um, and I, I just continue to be astounded with this type of concept because you go and you watch the movies, right? And you see this fantastical, imaginative creative thing that you sit and go, how could anybody dream this up? And then you read a verse like this and you go, the guy and the gal that dreamed that up don't have the mental capacity to understand how awesome heaven's going to be. And you're just like, well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, that's very, very encouraging. Um, Baker goes on, he says, the process of sanctification is at work in us now, but moves from one degree of glory to another until it reaches final glory. And you go, how does that work? I have no idea. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's some type of a... I think what the Scripture is talking about here is this ongoing process of sanctification that we're in right now is the process of us becoming glorified, but glorification itself is an instantaneous thing. It happens when we are with God. So we're building up to it from glory to almost a capital G glory, this, this completion of glory. Um, another encouraging thing, glorification involves our physical bodies, Philippians 3.21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. So encouragement there as well. Um, another quote from Baker Here's your blank. Uh, creation itself participates in this aspect of glorification. You go, we live in a broken world. Yep, we do. Now. <laughs> but it won't be that way always. It will not be that way always. He, he's going to, um, at Romans 8, 21, because of the creation itself will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. This is, this is going to be resolved as well. Um, God is not going to leave any loose strings with the ending of his story, which is really the beginning of all the remainder of eternity. Um, you ever bought a, a new piece of clothing and you get it home and it's got a snag or it's got a string or something like that, and, and what do you do? 
You call Darla, absolutely, because Darla can deal with that, right? Um, that's what we do at our house. That's because she's fantastic like that. Um, no, if, if 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 I put myself in my uh, in Jim's college days version, I get out my scissors and I start whacking on the strings because I don't want strings going everywhere. It's not neat. It's not tied up. It's not resolved. It's not finished. Um, and the problem with that is I may cut in the wrong place, <laughs> and things may have negative ramifications from that weeks or months later on down the road, and you pull it out of the washing machine, and you go, huh, shouldn't have pulled on that string, should I? It wasn't good, because now I have a one-armed sweater, right? <laughs> it's not positive. Um, but in God's story, there's no unresolved strings. There's no uh, components of this that are left without complete and total resolution. Uh, so the understanding, and I, I recognize that I am finishing a little early, and don't worry, I'm not done. We've got quite a bit more to do this morning. The understanding is that believers will one day be perfected bodily and spiritually to glorify God forever. It's encouraging, isn't it? So any physical ailment that you have ever struggled with in your entire life, for the believer, that's not going to be an issue. Any sin, any fault, any weight, that you've ever struggled with at one point, that's not going to be an issue. Like, cool. That's pretty fantastically encouraging, right? I mean, this is the end of the good news. And the beautiful thing is that I, I don't even have the English words to say it, but the end of the good news is really the beginning of the rest of the story. Because the beginning of the rest of the story is that we get to glorify God forever and be with Him in His presence forever. So it only gets better for the believer, both physically and spiritually. It only gets better. This is as bad as it will ever get. At my daughter, we ride in the truck on the way to uh, her school each morning, and she looked at me the other day and she said, Daddy, why is it so hard some days? I just don't like, I just don't like all the just ugh, that goes on all day long at school. Like, well, it's, it's not supposed to be easy right now. That's not the way this is designed. This is the brokenness that will last for a short while. And by short while, I mean your entire natural life. <laughs> and, and she was like, well, that's encouraging. I said, well, that's just reality. I, I want to prepare you for life because when you grow up and uh, on day 7,462 of your career uh, and you look in the mirror and you go, do I have to do this again today? Yep, because it's broken. The brokenness is not going to last forever. And it is beautiful because the full resolution of all things at the glorification, it's just fantastic. So if you look on your handout, this entire series, we've been putting things into two categories, whether it's monergistic performed by God alone or synergistic performed by man with some help from God. So in the God category, in the God column, we've got foreknowledge, predestination, election, atonement, propitiation, conviction, calling, regeneration, justification, redemption, adoption, reconciliation, sanctification, perseverance, eternal security, and glorification. There we go. He's busy in this process. It is incredibly active. And in the man column, we start with sin. That's our biggest contribution, actually. Um, evangelism, we do this under the power of the Holy Spirit. Repentance, he actually gives us something to repent toward. Faith, he gives us the faith to do this. Conversion, this is the decision to follow. Mortification, this is the putting to death the works of the flesh. And then evidence, uh, giving us something to actually look back on and say, yes, I have some confidence in my salvation. Now, 
when we start a series, I always lay out knowledge objectives. I'm going to go over those real quick. So number one, these are the things that I wanted to accomplish in this series, was be overwhelmed with the breadth and love of God's salvation. For me, I checked that box. Um, I hope you have too. Number two, understand more fully the terms related to salvation. We have covered a few terms. Um, hopefully some of these are a good review. Hopefully some of these are, wow, I, didn't, I, didn't, I may not have had a, a good understanding of that one. That was me, incredibly. Um, increase awareness of widely held perspectives. We talked about Arminianism. We talked about reform. We talked about um, Catholicism. We talked about uh, uh, just a, a wide variety of denominational perspectives and beliefs as we went through this. Um, articulate God's role in what God has done, is doing, and will do, and articulate my role in what God has done, is doing, and will do. So uh, I'm going to give you the summary. I'm going to talk to you about next week's test. <clears throat> this is Sunday school, by the way. Okay. It's final exam period. You're going to have a test next week. So the summary uh, for commencing, foreknowledge is God foresees, predestination, God bounds, election, God chooses, sin, man misses, atonement, God covers. Propitiation, God satisfies. Evangelism, man proclaims. Conviction, God illuminates. Calling, God invites. Repentance, man turns. Faith, man believes. Conversion, man decides. Regeneration, God rebirths. Justification, God decrees. Redemption, God frees. Adoption, God fathers. Reconciliation, God exchanges. Completing, uh, the completing section is sanctification, God sets. Mortification, man kills. Evidence, man shows. Perseverance, God keeps. Eternal security, God secures. And glorification, God perfects. Um, now, in preparation of your final exam next week, I've got a study guide for you. So if I can get somebody to help me pass these out, just a few at each table would be very helpful. Can you help me pass these out? Thank you much. Um, it's the short, it's actually the long definitions of each word and the summary statements that we've had at the end of each one of the lessons. It's a three full pages of the entire soteriological process. You're like, yes, I'm serious. We're having a test next week. No, no, no. Because, um, because there, there will be gifts. This is the Christmas class. You guys remember the Christmas class, right? We do this each year. Lots of gifts. Uh, there will be gifts based on the grade that you obtain on the test. Yes, there will. If you get a C, if you get a C, or if you just show up, you know, because that's, you, you guys know this, right? A C is like showing up nowadays, right? I mean, it's just, you just mail it in and you get a C. Uh, my utmost first highest, Oswald Chambers. So even if you don't, even if you have one, you ought to give one away to somebody. Uh, a B, uh, Rick Warren's Bible Study Methods. It's a fantastic book. And uh, for those of you that have really been paying attention, you get an A, Systematic Theology. Um, we are going to, <laughs> you're like, that's a gift, right? Yes, yes, it's a gift, trust me. Um, we're going to do probably a third of this book next year in Sunday school, um, but not in a um, professorial type environment. I don't know how else to say that, but uh, it'll be a little different than just cracking open a textbook. This one has a tremendous amount of stuff in it. One of the things that I like about this, uh, this particular book, um, is at the end of each one of the chapters, it's not just here's some things to think about. It's here's some things to apply in my life. Uh, here's prayers to pray. Here's terms. Here's the explanations of these things. Um, references to other works and uh, an analysis of how this connects with different uh, denominations. So you have to understand 
So that guy that sits across your, from you in your cubicle at work, well, he believes this. Yeah, this is why he believes this. So you can understand what he's taught in his church and see how that connects or disconnects from what Scripture says about that concept. So it's a really neat, uh, neat book, so don't panic. That entire process will take about 10 minutes, the test and the grading and the distribution of gifts, and I'm going to teach a lesson on Solomon on social media next week. Okay, so as you read through the book of Proverbs, there are quite a few verses that could be incredibly applicable toward the free time that many of us will have around the upcoming holidays. Generally at my house, when there's free time around the upcoming holidays, um, there's a whole lot of this, staring into an eye something, right? Um, and for me, it's a good reminder. I, I go through this list every couple of months, um, and I thought maybe this might be a good Sunday school lesson to share some of this information, but um, relative to what wise online looks like. Uh, and I'm not talking about not clicking on porn. That's just not being stupid online. What I'm talking about is what is, uh, uh, what is righteous, what is good, uh, how do we portray Christ and ourselves in a way that reflects positively on Him? So, does that make sense? This is not uh, install this software to keep from getting these kinds of things on your computer. It's not what I'm talking about at all. This is how do we engage in these different uh, mediums as we go through. So, um, who's got the time for me? What time is it exactly? Jules, 9.34. Thank you very much. So, in three minutes, somebody's going to come in and share with us for just a minute. But before she does, I want to go back to my original analogy that we used from the beginning for this series. Many of us, myself included, had some gaps in our theology on uh, salvation. And I kind of felt like this, that I had a structure in place and knew some terms. Um, but I felt like I got to flesh out quite a bit more. Um, if you look on that uh, handout that I gave you, uh, for next week's test, you'll notice that the, the umbrellas change as you go through the pages, right? On the second page, there's a little bit more on the umbrella, right? And this is fleshing out a little bit more, and, and maybe you feel like you're right here, maybe you don't, I don't know, hopefully you feel like you're a little bit more. Um, and I've, I've talked a couple times about um, maybe you have an umbrella that, you know, I've got perfect theology, and it is nice and crisp and clean, and I set it on the shelf Sunday morning when I come home from church and I never use it. And the reality is that's not the point. This is just as good as not having one. Um, it just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me. Um, the purpose of understanding these things, if you look on that back page, um, the purpose of understanding these things is to share it with somebody else. Right? The purpose is not that, look at my umbrella, I have a wonderful umbrella, you're, you're not under the umbrella, you're out, tough, you know. And it's like, no, 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 I care about my friends, I care about my family, I care about the people that I work with, and I want this to make a difference in their lives too. And for many of us, we're going to spend a little extra time over the next couple of weeks with our friends and our family, and hopefully some of this will have equipped us to better articulate this umbrella and why I don't want to be under here by myself. Now, so one of the things that, that we do here at our church is we support people that go on mission trips. Um, and uh, Rachel has uh, got an upcoming trip, and she's going to come in just a second and talk to us about what she's going to be doing to share the umbrella with somebody else. 
I really couldn't think of a better way to end this series with the most explicit, practical application of everything that we have been learning. Come on up. Come on up. Um, than uh, to let Rachel Archer talk about the mission trip that she's going on. So, um, My name is Rachel Archer, and those are my little table over there. That's my family. Um, I am 21 years old, and I am a student at Chattanooga State studying graphic design. Um, but like since I was the age of, at the age of 16, I believe it was, we had some friends that were missionaries to China. And I loved the idea of going over and serving. And, but it wasn't even through their friendship. I wasn't like, let's go and spend a week in China with those people. It was just like they taught English, and I was just drawn into that idea. And so, um, but I put it on the back burner because I had high school, and then I was, had college. And so, uh, but this past summer, I was watching this video on Vimeo. Um, it's, it's church in Austin. They had put a campaign out to send 100 missionaries from their church out to the world. And I watched, it was these two twin sisters that surrendered two years of their lives to go over and teach English in China. And they'd never done anything like that before. But it was like, I watched their video and I watched like the joy and the peace and the hope and the faith that they were just walking into like, and working out. And, um, and I was like, man, I want to do that so bad, but I don't think it could work out. So, but I just had this desire since the age of 16 and the summer, it was like, it had been growing and then I couldn't get it out of my head. I called my mom. I was like, Mommy, I want to do this. I was looking up trips. And, um, and she's like, well, we need to pray about this. This is kind of like a big commitment. But she's like, and it wasn't even like, I love this. It wasn't even like, well, you have school. Or like, you should really focus on your job here or your American you know, thing here. It was just kind of like, this is big. Let's pray. And so after considering going to godly counsel, Oh, waited several weeks. The application, we finally, three weeks later, I filled out the rest of the application, and I sent it off, and um, I was able to get the trip that I wanted. So, uh, and I am going to China. I think I started saying East Asia, but you can't get much farther than China, so. <laughs> um, I will be spending six months there teaching English in three different schools, um, and a Korean school, an international school, and a Chinese school, and I will also be focusing on youth ministry um, while I'm over there. I get to uh, definitely get to share Christ with those people there and uh, use English as a platform to make relationships, and so I'm like very excited, but uh, I come to you guys because I'm in need of uh, two, specifically two things. I need, I might have to raise $5,000 before I leave, and I leave January the 10th, and so I got, I was looking back through my email, and I was like, man, I feel like I should have prepared better for this, but in my defense, I did not get the final, ap- like, acceptance letter until the 23rd of October, so I feel like I'm doing okay. Um, <laughs> But um, but I need I'm in need of I'm got just a little bit more to go and so any amount could help it would just be over the top but even more than that in my Sunday school Sunday school class we're talking about the importance of prayer and I am in so much more need of prayer than I am any amount of dollar you could give me although that would help um, <laughs> because because I could get very well get over there I could raise all of my money I could get more than I need I could like 
financially be set for life, but get over there and my spirit be closed and the, the spirit of the people over there be closed to the idea of the gospel because I didn't have a group of people going with me and being that voice between myself and God for my work over there. So, um, but I'm working on getting prayer cards for you guys, maybe with a picture of me on there so you can see. Um, but that's really what I need. And um, yeah, so anyways, is that, is, should I mention anything else? I come back July the 4th. So yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so, so quick question, how many of you were in this theological mindset when you were 21? Just really? So thank you guys. Um, one of the most encouraging things that I get to do every single week is come in and watch their kids serve. Um, I just, it's awesome. It is absolutely beautiful. And we got your back you. with prayer. Thank you. And we're going to get her back with money too. Yes. So how much do you lack? Well, as of last Tuesday, I had 33.77. Okay. So, you know. So 16.23? Okay. Wow. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's like two things in life that I can do. So that's, <laughs> Carrie, you had a question, yes. How do you get the money oh, to her? That's great. Um, what you can do is you can, the, if you want to do the tax deductible, you can give it to the, put it in the offering plate. But you'll sign it on the check or on the memo part of the offering envelope. You'll put Rachel Asia on there, and it'll go to Joni, and Joni will put it in a little fund for me. And it's also tax deductible if if you know you care. I don't know how to do taxes. So. Yeah. <laughs> you, you will soon. So. <laughs> and you'll care soon, too. So that's it. Yeah. Awesome. If you give online, as you're putting the money in, where it says yeah. tithe, uh, it will pop up an optional yep. box. Yeah, you can give online, and you can yeah. uh, designate exactly where that wants to go, where you want that to go as well. So thank you very thank much. You. Appreciate you being here this morning. Give her a hand, please. Thank you. All right, guys, so that's the uh, Ordo Salutis series, and that's our uh, as practical an application of this as you can possibly get, right? It's just gorgeous. And uh, let's do our prayer request as a table, and then we'll be dismissed. So thanks for coming today.